this is an exclusive essential worker series. House of Ramirez takes on the initiative to bridge the gap between essential workers and the communities that they serve. We are telling their story from their point of view amidst the pandemic. We are all part of the community. We are changing the narrative. Hey guys, this is House Ramirez. You already know what's up. We out here in Atlanta, A-Town Shouted. We're representing, and this is an exclusive essential worker series. So I want to thank Gwinnett County Fire. I want to thank everybody in the department, um, just working hard to just protect us. You know, a lot of times we don't see they're human just like us. So what I'm trying to do with this series and what I'm going to do is show you guys that they're human. They go grocery shopping like us. They have a family like us. The only slight difference is on a day-to-day -day basis when they clock in, they risk their lives to protect us. So I wanna thank them in this series and without any more time wasted, I wanna go ahead and bring on my brother, whoop, whoop, Don. So Don, can you please go ahead and tell us who you are and where you are from? Absolutely, but even before I do that, let me say thank you for even having me on and giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. Uh, my name is Donald Strother. Uh, I am actually from Washington, D.C. That is, uh, the DMV is home for me. Uh, grew up uh, in the suburbs of Maryland, uh, probably in uh, grade school, and uh, moved down to Atlanta uh, back in 2003-ish, and uh, have uh, made this home, as I try, I struggle with saying this is home, um, <laughs> because my heart is going to always be in D.C., but uh, this is where I work and I get the opportunity to uh, serve the community. Yeah, that's that's super dope, super dope. I was like, dang. <laughs> but, you know, you dedicated yourself to actually be in the community and give back. And that's essential. And we need to pay attention to that part. Um, I, you know, I got a little jelly when you said DMV is your home, but, you know, you got to represent. And that's what I tell everybody. You need to know where you come from to know where you're going. When you have a good, strong foundation, you're able to understand the steps you need to take to move forward in life, whichever path you choose. Um, I want to ask you, can you please tell us what it is that you do? Um, a lot of our audience is just coming on and I want to go ahead and give you the platform to tell us what you do um, so they could get a chance to get to know you. Sure, absolutely. Um, long journey. Um, when I first got hired with the department back in 2006, entry-level firefighter, um, also went through EMT school. Um, did that for a little bit and uh, acquired a, a lot of uh, firefighting skills along the way, a lot of uh, basic medical skills. And then I actually uh, chose to attend paramedic school, put myself in a better position to um, help my daughters out, really. They were, um, they had a lot of uh, respiratory illnesses. And so I felt like I needed to be able to speak the medical language to the doctors so that the doctors um, would give a, an increased level of care because I, I knew more than the average person. So that was a, a success. Um, was a driver engineer. Um, then uh, came up here to fire headquarters in the uh, in an administrative position, if you will. My current role is the assistant public information officer, or assistant PIO, 
And um, really, really enjoy doing that because what it allows me to do um, bridge gaps. You know, I know that's one of the things that uh, you are known for. And uh, th that is what I personally do. I, I bridge the gap between the community and the fire department um, and really just the public. You know, so many people, um, they really appreciate what we do, but then there are a lot of people that don't have an accurate understanding of what we do. And so uh, one of my responsibilities is to um, take care of our social media pages. And so that allows me to really put uh, a lot of uh, public service announcements out there to spotlight uh, our employees, to help people really get to know some of the people that work within their individual community. And so um, I get a lot of pleasure out of doing that. Um, you know, as a firefighter, you, you have a, a servant's attitude, if you will. And so um, it's a big team environment. Everyone has to do something where they play a significant part in the success of the team. And so I, I view my part uh, just as important to help people to see that what they see on TV, um, I won't name any firefighting shows, um, but that's not real. And so really trying to help them to see what we do in the community. You know, if you look at uh, our Facebook and Twitter page at Gwinnett Fire, um, you'll see some of the pictures we've posted this week with our crews uh, being back in the community. That's exciting for us. Um, we've missed being able to do that because of the pandemic. So um, I'm saying a lot, um, but hopefully in, in the, the midst of what I've said, it gives you kind of a glimpse as to what I do. Yeah, and I love it. I appreciate it. So thank you. I want to thank you as well for making time because I know you're busy trying to save lives. And I'm like trying to cut into that. I just want a piece of the pie. You know, I don't want the whole pie. I just want a piece of the pie. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I want to thank you and everybody else, too. So, you know, I, I started this series a couple of months ago. And um, I did have the honor of meeting Gwinnett Fire Department 5. Um, mm -hmm. They came out um, to a family's neighborhood and my children were with me. And I was like, well, why not? You know, they're out here saving lives. Now they're taking time out of their busy schedule. They did have a call <laughs> during the three to five, but it's to be understood. Um, but my children were so at awe. You know, they've done it before when they were much, much younger um, but for them to get another opportunity to get an inside scoop of what the truck looks like, that they're, they're amicable people, you know, everybody there from the young lady to the young men, different culture, cultural backgrounds, excuse me, it just, it gave my children that sense of security. So I kept telling them, hey, um, if, if you do happen to see one in full uniform, they wear this, this and that, don't be scared. They look like astronauts, but they're here to help, you know. Um, and they get it, but for the little ones, I, I saw other children that were much younger than mine, and they were at complete awe. They were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys are always ripping and running, and it's just yeah. beautiful to, to actually have that time for the children to actually see, you know, take that time. And it's a loving thing that you guys are doing to taking time from saving lives to come back out into the community to show the children we're here to help. So thank you. Know. you. 
Thank you. If, if I can even speak to that, you know, that is one of the things that we are ramping back up uh, post COVID is to really get back out in the community and um, what communities will start to see is not just uh, our fire trucks, um, but our fire educators that work in our community risk reduction section. And so last week, um, one of the events that you probably attended, we were trying to um, give an increased level of awareness as to water safety tips. Kids are, are definitely back out now and they they can swim at the swimming pools and um, or they may even um, be home by themselves for an extended period of time and so we're trying to teach them fire safety tips as well what to do um, if there is a fire and we actually are in our full turnout gear not to be afraid of us we call that the the friendly firefighter you know to see us before we put the gear on and then see us putting that gear on to let them see there, there's nothing magical taking place it's still the same person just in a gear and so if we come into your house trying to look for you you don't have to hide that's one of the, the sad things that we found some may hide in the closet or hide uh, under their bed against the wall and so it increases the challenge of trying to find them so being able to go into the community establish that connection with them let them see as you mentioned we're real people we're here to save lives and um if we can just impact one life to to make them um or help them i should say to see that we're, we're normal people we're we're real yes we wear a badge but that's simply to identify what we do it's not who we are and so trying to help them to understand that at the end of the day we're just there to help and we love doing that we love being able to interact with them to put a smile on the kid's face so to put an, an honorary uh, fire helmet on their head to give them an honorary uh, badge in the form of a sticker and to see them light up as bright as the lights on our truck that that's that's what it's all about for us so thank you for acknowledging that because we do enjoy that yeah it was awesome and you know I also want to say going back to what you had mentioned that you did it for your children for your daughters, you know, everything I do, I do it for my children. And when you're a parent, it tends to be that way. There are some rare cases out there, but for the most part, when you're successful in what you're doing and you're giving back to the community, your children are what motivates you. And of course, there are many other factors as well. Um, so shout out to your family, shout out to the department and keep up the great work. We, we see you guys. So yeah, Thank that's you. awesome. Thank you. So with that, I want to ask you, like, what drives you? We already heard the motivation to better yourself, to give back, to help your daughters as well. Um, what else has driven you to be so successful? And I, I drive so hard the point that people should be entrepreneurs, but I also respect the fact that people dedicate their lives to a company and build a strong foundation, a great career path um, for other individuals that want to go into that path, that field. Um, so I want to encourage you uh, to keep, you know, excelling in what you're doing because it definitely takes dedication. It takes love for thy neighbor. 
Um, but I'd, I'd like to know what fuels you every single day. You know, you actually go to the fire. Literally, you go towards the fire. You and your team go towards the fire when everybody's running away from it. So what is it that keeps pushing you to be so-called, you know, like Black Panther or, or uh, you know, Batman? What, what fuels you to do that? You know, that's such a loaded question because it, it, it sparks a variety of emotions. Um, my parents really instilled a value system of giving back to the community in whatever capacity that may be. And, and it's different for everyone. Um, but being able to help, it's really that simple. When, when, when you're drawn to want to do something for someone without any type of gain, um, that, that drives you and to, to be able to make a difference in the community, you know, you, know, you, you see, or you, you may hear things on the news that, that don't necessarily paint a positive picture as to what's going on. Um, around us, but that doesn't have to be the reality um, that we find ourselves in. We, we can make that change for ourselves. And so really every single day trying to impact somebody's life in a positive light, and it could just be from a smile. It might not be from running a call. You know, we may be in the gro grocery store picking up groceries to cook at the, the station and, um, you know, someone walks by and just a friendly smile can change that person's day you don't know what they're going through and uh, you know we were taught from way back in rookie school when people call 911 they things have escalated to the point that they feel the situation is above and beyond their area of expertise you know, there is no 912 it's 911 that's the only number to call and so it, it puts us in a position to help and that's really what it comes down to just a you know a, a genuine love for neighbor you you mentioned that being just be human and you can impact the life of a person in any capacity it doesn't just have to be firefighting but we're privileged enough to do that um we, we enjoy um the camaraderie being able to um, work with our crews you know we live at the firehouse um, for an entire 24 hours and so you bond and there's the teamwork and so as a team you figure out how can we make a difference in the community that we serve you know we have over not over we have exactly 31 fire stations uh, strategically located all throughout Gwinnett County and so each station they are assigned to to save the lives and protect the property of the people that live in that immediate area. And so uh, collectively on three different shifts, that's what they do. They may go out and uh, do what we call pre-plan, figure out, okay, if there was a fire here, what, what type of uh, materials are is the home made of? How much time would we have to actually put the fire out? Where's the fire hydrant? Um, are we going to be able to locate that and make a connection from the hydrant to the, the trucks um, quick enough to put the fire out? Um, if it's a building, um, okay, well, where's the, the fire department connection? You may see a sign FDC connection. Um, and so um, that type of scenario, what about a high rise, uh, a university? And so we're training an active shooter. If we had to go in 
to a facility with the police department, our partners in blue, um, you know, how could we go about doing that to, to save as many individuals as possible? So when it comes all the way back full circle and you get right down to it, it just comes from wanting to help other people. So that is the, the motivating factor to day in and day out, um, put our lives on the line with inherent risk, but knowing at the end, we get to, to help our community. So that's a positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to touch up on that. I want to shout out your parents. <laughs> I'm, I'm big on shout outs. Anybody that knows me, I'm big on shout outs. Um, you know, our parents, uh, you know, they're imperfect, just like we are. There's nobody perfect on this world, uh, on this earth. And, um, you know, they give us the best that they got, you know, and that helps mold us um, into being the people that we are today. So, <clears throat> you know, life has a way of, of giving us this path where we navigate, but it, you know, a lot of people say train the child a certain way. So even sometimes when they got hiccups and they go left or they go right, they always come right back to that path of sturdiness, of strength, of righteous, you know? Um, and I think that your parents did an amazing job with you. It does start at home. Um, you know, it, it does take a lot for people to really get to know who they are and what they want to do in life. And you definitely got it, got it under control and you got it figured out. And, you know, I'm just very thankful that we have people like you, um, hardworking people, dedicated people um, to help us when we need you guys. And, and yeah, there's only one number. I mean, it's a three digit number, but you get what I'm saying. There's only one number when it's a life or death or it's a, I need help. You know, you come equipped every single time, regardless of what it looks like at home, regardless of what's going on in life. Um, you come equipped with a smile on your face, ready to rock and roll. And that is what we, what we need, what we ask for when we dial those three digits, 911. Though that, that come here, please help now. <laughs> so um, yeah, and it does take a partnership, a strong partnership with our brothers and sisters in the blue department as well. Um, not just the red department, we're highlighting right now the red department, but everybody, it's a team effort. So um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I want to ask you, just out of curiosity, because a lot of people are like, well, yeah, they have lives, but this is what they do. And then the media has changed a certain narrative. You know, there are sometimes bad apples in the batch, but that's, that's not as common as the media likes to portray it. And what I want to do is give people an inside scoop. Just give us a mini scoop of what it is to, to live a day in your shoes. Like, how, how would you walk us through, especially even like we just, I think we're almost done with the pandemic, but the pandemic last year, did things shifted? Did things change a little? Um, give us a, a mini tour of what it is to be in your shoes for one day. Sure. Um, kind of two different shoes. I'm not on the front line as much as I used to be. So I'll give you the perspective of being on the front line. You know, a, a firefighter shift runs from 7 a.m. on one day and it doesn't end until 7 a.m. the very next day. So it's literally a 24 hour period where they are at the fire station. When they first get to the fire station, um, there's what we call uh, checkoffs. You have to check your truck, whatever unit you're on, be it the ambulance 
the fire engine or the ladder truck. Uh, we have checkoff sheets to make sure all the necessary equipment is on the truck in its proper place at a, an appropriate par level. Um, so that, as you mentioned earlier, regardless of what type of call that we get, we're properly equipped. Um, we also have to make sure that the, there aren't any um, safety defects uh, that we may find. Maybe uh, air pressure in the tire is low or maybe uh, possibly an, an oil leak. Um, there could be a variety of things, but that's uh, the first thing that's done. Um, once all the trucks are checked off, uh, typically there's uh, what we call a shift meeting where the entire crew goes to uh, the, the dining table and there's a meeting. Um, the What we call the company officer, be it the captain or the lieutenant, will actually go over some things, maybe some emails that need to be read. Um, maybe there's some things that need to be addressed in-house. Hey, we need to improve how quickly we leave the station, or maybe there's a fuel restriction and we need to do a better job at just uh, increasing everyone's awareness of things. There may be um, an agenda that's uh, reviewed. Hey, today we need to go do uh, a PR at a school, or um, we're going to go up to the training academy and we're going to work on forcible entry uh, skills. Um, those types of things take place. Um, there's a lot of training that goes on every month. There's uh, X amount of what we call continuing education hours that need to be acquired. And so that could be in the form of a tabletop discussion, reviewing a PowerPoint, um, or hands-on uh, drill, getting in gear and going out and, and physically doing some things, um, getting familiar and, and reacclimated with the gear, uh, pulling hose off of the truck, uh, connecting to the hydrant, um, being able to identify different uh, uh, areas of when a tool should be used. There's so many things. Um, and that's in between going back and forth, uh, responding to calls. Um, have to go to the grocery store to buy lunch uh, as well as dinner. Um, and so um, typically one truck is assigned to do that and everyone has to chip in. Uh, right now, it's about $10 a, a day that uh, covers two meals. And so you, <laughs> so um, there's a challenge there. You, you have to be thrifty and you still have to know how to, to make a meal that's uh, tasty. And so um, somebody is in charge of uh, cooking that meal. Uh, some of the newer firefighters get the opportunity to learn how to be sous chefs, uh, dicing up onions, tomatoes, whatever that may entail. Um, but it, it gives them an opportunity to acquire some cooking skills as well. Um, each day of the week, there's what we call an, a, an area of the day. Um, and so uh, Mondays are what we call truck day, where you spend um, a lot of time, you spend a lot of time um, or more time than usual um, and making sure the trucks are detailed and uh, making sure the equipment is uh, the way it needs to be. Um, and so each day of the week has something with that. You know, Tuesday is bathroom day. And so the bathrooms, you know, the showers, the, the floors, they need to be scrubbed um, because it's your home. And so you need to do that. Although, you know, the, the toilets are clean at the beginning of the shift and at the end of the shift, but you spend more time than normal on Tuesday, 
Wednesday is kind of uh, uh, what we call the, the office day where you go into the office, do some, some cleaning there. Uh, Thursday is kitchen day where you actually um, reorganize uh, the drawers, the cabinets, you wipe down uh, things, you clean the blinds, you dust. Um, and Friday is kind of a general makeup day. Uh, Saturday is yard day. And Sunday is probably the only day there's not an area of the day, but then that's typically spent doing a little bit more training than normal. So there's a lot of different things that go on at the fire station. Um, but at the end of the day, it's home. And so that's one side of the house. Um, for me personally, being uh, the assistant public information officer, my day starts about 6 a.m. I get up. I check my emails. Uh, I try to make sure there's nothing uh, pressing taking place that needs attention. Um, and then it's really uh, going about uh, communicating um, with different people. Maybe the, the media is inquiring about um, being able to speak on a podcast, or um, maybe uh, they're inquiring about an incident that occurred in a particular community, and they're looking for more details on that. And so I may need to facilitate that and, and send that request to a different section, try to get the reports uh, to where they need to be. And, um, and then it's also spending time uh, looking for social media content, trying to go look at uh, the numbers, you know, uh, while we may feel that a certain message needs to be shared, it might not be received as well as we thought, not that it's negative, but they don't understand the urgency of the information that we're trying to share. And so um, trying to be creative and tell that message differently, maybe with a different picture, that's more of an attention grabber, um, rewording the message, um, looking for opportunities to go out into the community, take pictures, and then have a message um, with those pictures, posting it on our social media page, and try to engage the community in, in dialogue, things of that nature. Um, but also when responding to major incidents, a fire incident, uh, a train derailment, um, a major accident on 85 that causes all lanes to, to close. Um, so it, I try to get to, to some of those incidents to take pictures, to get the, an accurate assessment as to what's either happening or happened and then um, reporting that to the command staff, senior leadership, um, members of the Board of Commission, um, trying to keep um, them uh, notified or informed as much as possible. And if an incident uh, has escalated to the point where there are media uh, hits or inquiries, making sure they get the information that they need to tell the, that story to the community as well, be it in print or on live TV. So. Um, no day is the same uh, in the role of public information officer, but um, I enjoy it because it's my wheelhouse. It's, it's what I did when I was in corporate America before coming here. So um, it allows me to tell stories, tell narratives in a positive light to help people to see, hey, when, when you live in Gwinnett County, um you, you're getting the best of the best we we pride ourselves in in what we do and making sure that people are safe feel safe um are comfortable in their surroundings and there's a big responsibility that comes with that when you you're taking care of about a million people every single day um 
those are the types of stories that we we like to share so that they know, wow, you know, I want to live in Gwinnett, you know, because they're going to take care of me. So it, that's a, a broad uh, stroke, if you will, as to, to what we do. I'm a, on a day-to-day basis, but uh, um, there it is. So I'm still stuck on $10. <laughs> you lost me at $10. <laughs> but hey, any mother knows, you know, any mother knows it, it's a huge stretch to make that happen. But when you're in need, because I've been there, done that, when you're in need, you can make shit pop. But I will say, I'm about to walk my ass. I'm about to change and walk my ass to the nearest fire department and drop off some money or some muffins or some. Cause oh my God. But you know, I said it. You don't have to say it. Uh, nobody has to say. It. I just, as a mom, I know if you got to make it work, you make it work. And it, you know, that just makes me not just that one aspect, but that's a key point because I've been there. I felt that. I've done that. Um, it just makes you appreciate everybody much more. And, and you know, I will say I have a homeboy that actually is a lieutenant in the fire department in Atlanta, um, and he loves cooking. He actually, I love cooking. I'm not a baker. Don't ask me to bake anything outside of a box, but I will cook my butt off. And he actually has more tips than I would have for somebody else, you know, and I'm just at awe sometimes. I'm like, what kind of cheese? What? What You do what? <laughs> so he puts me on game sometimes, you know, um, and I just, I want to appreciate everybody for just, it, when, it, when you see firefighters at the grocery store, you know, it's always nice. It's cool. You know, they're amongst us. They're, they're with us. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, um, but I never knew that. It just puts things into so much a different perspective and it's awesome. And then the fact that you have different days for different things, I can definitely say we all need to marry a firefighter. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> play, I'll play all jokes, all jokes. But you know, you guys in Gwinnett County um, are phenomenal. Uh, when people say, oh, your family has property in Gwinnett too. Yes. Oh, Gwinnett's nice. Yes, it is. And you feel very safe. You know, it's not a perfect world, as we mentioned. But when there is an instance where 911 has to be dialed, you feel safe. I can walk up and down from my mom's house and my dad's house on different streets, different ways, you know, um, and just know at any time at night, any time during the morning, early morning or throughout the day, I can walk. I could go jogging. I could go walking with my headphones on and knowing, of course, there's like, you know, imperfect things that happen randomly at different times. But I feel safe going to my parents' house and walking up and down the street, knowing that everything's going to be okay because there's a clockwork of of people wearing a badge or uniform. And I know that I'm going to be okay. So yeah, I think you hit it right on the nail when you said Gwinnett is a great place to live. Atlanta is a great place to live too for everybody in Atlanta, shout out, you know, ATL, but Gwinnett is actually a a part of um, me growing up and I feel very dear to it. Um, Now it's time to give back Um, and seeing that other people are also giving back, dedicating their lives to give back is phenomenal. So yeah, big up. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you now, I want to ask you personally, 
Uh, we got through the all nitty gritty so people understand what it is you do. Y'all are human just like us. Y'all wash dishes, clean toilets just like us, whether y'all are at work or not, plus saving lives. Um, and I, I want to ask, what do you think will make this world a better place? A lot of people think it's love or compassion or just different other things. Different people experience life differently. So um, I want to pick your brain a little. What do you think? Wow, Leslie, that's uh, that's another good question. But you know what? It, it's really not that hard. Just be a good human. You know, at, at the end of the day, people just want to be appreciated. They want to be liked. They want to be accepted. And so um, while we as, as firefighters have the unique position to help people at a much higher level than most, it doesn't take much to be a good person, to be neighborly. We don't have to live next door to each other to be neighborly, you know? Um, I mentioned earlier having a servant's attitude, really putting someone else, their needs above ours. If everyone would do that, wow, like, that would simplify things tremendously um, because once you start putting different uh, agendas, uh, be it political, uh, religious, you know, it, that kind of convolutes things. But when you, you put it at its most basic core or basic principle, just be a good person, be a good neighbor. Um, you know, one of the things that immediately impressed me when I first moved to Georgia back in 2003, uh, coming from the nation's capital, people drive on the road down here. More times than not, if someone, if you're at a traffic light and a person is uh, trying to get out of a parking lot, they let the person come in front of them. And, and that took so much for me to get used to because that used to make me so upset. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> They need to wait. Like you're making me late, but but that that for me helped me to slow down and to 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 take in life differently. And I love that about Georgia. Um, and so it's funny when I see people now that don't do that, I say they're not from Georgia. They don't get it. But to my point, that's just being a good neighbor, um, putting someone else before you it really changes the the entire dynamics of things. So that's my answer. And I'm sticking with that. <laughs> 100 for essential uh, <laughs> worker of the year. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I want to go ahead and iterate that because, you know, so many times we hear the golden rule, you know, as a young kid, the golden rule, do to others as you want done to you. But it goes a long way and it goes back to teaching children that at a young age because besides politics besides classes besides um religion besides different things that divide us as humans um at the end of the day we only have each other you know and um and the golden rule plays a big part into just like you said strip it from everything else and just be human what do you have a community the, the word unity is in the word community. <laughs> so, well said. right. So, yeah, we just we just need to love 
people and, and not just our direct neighbor, like you said, but just anybody that we see that might need something, it don't hurt, you know, just help out, you know, and like you said, too, a simple smile can go a long way. You never know what people are going through. Um, and, and it is it is better to give to others than to receive, even though gifts, tangible things and non-tangible, like um, a good a good thought or a good positive affirmation quote, it does help and it does help us. But when you do things without expecting anything in return, the result is so much bigger. The joy is so much bigger. Um, anybody out there that has serviced the community can definitely second what we just said. Um, it, it's definitely important to treat others how we want to be treated. So dope. But I, I told you, I mean, people already know how I get down. I always tell people, shout out, House of Ramirez, shout out. So now we talked about you. We talked about what it is you do. Um, also, what do you think this world could use more of to be better, right? But now I want to ask you, um, who is your House of Ramirez shout out? So there's always people in our corner while we're struggling, while, while we're excelling. Who are those people that I'm giving you my platform to go ahead and put the spotlight on to shout them out? That's a long list. Leslie, that's a long list. Wow. Um, that I'm going to always shout out my parents. Um, I mentioned them before, but they really, um, they did an amazing job with myself and my two sisters and um, can always count on them to uh, keep me grounded and, and make things go uh, full circle to make sure my perspective is where it needs to be, um, good or bad. Um, shout out my daughters. Um, you know, their uh, unfortunate uh, health issues at such a young age um, motivated me to to want to become a paramedic. I would not have gone down a, a medical career path without them. Uh, my wife for constant support, just, uh, um, yeah, believing in me even more than what I could believe in myself at times. Um, Career-wise, wow. Um, Leslie Kalmbach, she's a retiree, um, but I called her my fire mom because she helped me through um, the application process. And um, yeah, we, we formed a, a great uh, mother-son bond. Even um, we, we stay in touch even while she's retired. And, and I always say, you know, how you doing, mom? Um, so love her. Uh, retired fire chief Steve Rollator for actually hiring me. He gave me the opportunity to be a firefighter. Um, and the first time I met him, he knew my name, uh, the name of, of my kids he, who recommended me, um, just so personable. Um, so tremendous shout out to retired chief uh, Steve Rollator. Um, wow, Wilbur Holt, retired uh, battalion chief. He was the first African-American firefighter here in Gwinnett County. He paved uh, so many roads and knocked down lots of doors to get that opportunity. So love Chief Holt. Um, Stan Bowers. Stan Bowers is a driver engineer out in Decula. 
but um, when I first got started, he didn't have that rank, but he took me under his wing, um, taught me the importance of uh, proper communication on the radio and how to listen for certain calls and what types of keys or triggers would uh, let me know how to respond to, to an incident or when we were on a fire truck, um, how to be dressed appropriately. Um, Stan, um, love Stan Bowers. He, he, that is my brother. I, I will run through a million walls for him. Um, Wayne Bates, when I was in paramedic school, Wayne was one of the driver engineers slash paramedics at my station. And he would stay up with me three, four in the morning when I was struggling trying to, to make heads or tails from certain things. Um, love Wayne Bates. Um, Brian Rogers, he was another driver, engineer, paramedic at my station, and, and he really pushed me um, and taught me a lot as to fighting fire, um, how to read smoke, to know what's going on inside of a building, um, the importance of grabbing the correct fire hose off of the truck, um, the impacts of that. Um, Joe Shul, uh, he's a captain now, but he was uh, my lieutenant when I first got promoted to driver engineer, and he helped me understand what it meant to be an informal leader and how to lead a crew, even though um, there was a, a superior officer, what it meant to, to train the crew, to get the crew to clean, um, to really lead um, as a driver engineer, um, probably not, not even probably the best officer I've worked for in my 15 year career. Um, Jakiri Weaver, he, he is the assistant, or I should say deputy uh, chief of oper operations. Um, when he was my captain, um, he allowed me to lead the crew um, and stay true to my personality. He, he allowed me to do that. Um, always indebted to him. Um, and finally, my, my, my previous supervisor, um, who's now promoted, he used to be Captain Tommy Rutledge, but he's now Battalion Chief Tommy Rutledge. He actually interviewed me and uh, hired me in my current role as the Assistant Public Information Officer. Um, he taught me so much. He, he helped me perfect my craft of being able to interact with the media, interact with the public, but help me understand how to do that in the framework of being a firefighter. Um, he, he gave me the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, and allowed me to um, do some things. Social media, he, you know, he, he allowed me um, with the, the direction of our communications department, um, he allowed me to go out and, and find messaging um, to share with the, the public. And, you know, he, he always gave me as much latitude as necessary, but if I ever needed a helping hand, a sense of direction, he was always right there, even now in his current role, different from the PIO office, but he, his door is always open for me. Um, and, you know, and I said, lastly, and I mentioned Rutledge, but one more, uh, Chief Stoney Polite, he has mentored me um, just, yeah, he's been a great sounding board for me. So um, I'll stop there because I'm sure more names will just shoot across my brain, but tremendous shout out to those individuals um, because without 
every single one of them, I would not be in front of this this camera talking to you today. Absolutely, absolutely. Just just as much as it takes a tribe to raise a child, it takes a tribe for us to keep on the path that we're enduring on because it is a, a long stretch of endurance um, for us to stay on a path. You know, um, so shout out to everybody that has helped um, with molding a great person that is essential to our community. Thank you. Um, and also, you know, it, it's just, it's heartwarming to know that everybody essentially is like family. You know, you work long enough with others and you partner up with them and you solve problems constantly. Um, you know, you cook together, you eat together, you know, you have meetings together. It, I'm telling you, it's it's like family. So yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Everybody in my tribe, we're family. And yeah, we're entrepreneurs in different realms, doing different things, but we assist each other when the time comes to stand up. So that's what I love the most about the fire department. It's a family. Um, so big kudos to you and everybody. Um, you said 31 or 30 stations in Gwinnett. We have 31 fire stations here in Gwinnett. Um, 31 stations. So shout out to everybody putting literally their life at risk to just do everything that they're doing to keep you. Gwinnett safe. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I, I know that right now with COVID, there's probably a lot of people seeking for employment. Uh, I want to ask you, is Gwinnett Fire actually hiring right now? And if so, where can people go apply? We are hiring, and I apologize to you because you did ask me a few questions ago about um, if things were different with, with COVID. And, and just to touch on that very briefly, um, as it pertained to COVID, you know, we are advocates of safety. We always tell people safety first. A firefighter might say the last thing they say to each other uh, when getting off the phone or leaving the company of each other is be safe. And so that is something that the pandemic really escalated for us because we always make sure that we put safety first. If we're on a, a car accident, we're wearing a safety vest when we're out on the road. If we're responding to a medical call, you'll see us wearing our safety glasses as well as our gloves. There's always what we call PPE, just the, the appropriate uh, safety equipment um, for each incident. And so with the pandemic, we had to really stop and make sure that we were going the extra mile to not put not just the families at any particular risk, but our families, our fire families, and those at home. So it, it was challenging trying to make sure um, that we weren't doing anything to become a part of the problem because we're trained you get off the truck, you're jumping out with a sense of purpose. Let's get it done. We, we have a life to save. We've got a, a fire to put out. And so it made us become a little bit more methodical to make sure that uh, we were doing everything just right. So that aside, yes, we are hiring. Um, encourage any column of that page, they'll scroll, scroll down and they'll see something that says fire employment. And when they click on fire employment, there'll be a, a link right under fire employment that says apply now 
and it'll take them to the screen where they can uh, fill out the application right there. So yes, um, please uh, take advantage of that. It's an opportunity uh, to make a difference at the end of the day. And so uh, again, GwinnettFire.org will get them down that path of being able to do that in the community. One, if uh, they feel that they, they want to help the community at a different level, go to www.gwinnettfire.org gwinnettfire.org when they put that web address in there it's going to take them right to fire and emergency services and on the left thank you for letting us know where we can go ahead and apply um, it is a very um, fulfilling opportunity to give back to others and if you're driven if you're adrenaline driven and you're wanting to seek a purpose in life Go ahead and just put your your foot in the door and give it your all. You know, go ahead and apply. Um, I, I want to commend everybody again. Um, it's something that words cannot be enough for everything that everybody does when wearing a badge, when wearing um, a uniform, and risking their lives. You know, um, like you said, not every every day is the same. But, you know, it's interesting to know that you guys actually went above and beyond during COVID. So thank you for, for letting us know that. Um, a lot of times, you know, you go out and you don't know how to react to these things. The last pandemic was like 1919. Um, but, you know, in situations like this, you guys acted swiftly and with care. So you guys have gone above and beyond during a pandemic to not only protect us, um, you know, the, the people, the community that's calling you guys for help, but also your department and your families at home. Um, so I wanna continue to just stretch this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, this will not be the last interview. This is gonna be in an amazing series. Um, I'm looking forward to the exclusive partnership between us. And if you guys need anything, you guys let me know. I'm here. So thank you so much. And um, I look forward to speaking to you and your team soon. Leslie, thank you very, very much um, to know that there's someone in the community that's actually taking the time to have a series to really show that we as firefighters are real people. We deal with uh, the same problems and challenges that other people in the community do. Um, we just have to learn how to put um, the challenges that we're dealing with on a personal level to the side to make sure that we're able to make a difference um, within the community. So um, thank you for allowing me to be here to, to share a little bit of our story and uh, we certainly hope that we, we get the opportunity to come back and, and do more to tell stories uh, to the community and show them that make a positive uh, difference in their lives. So thank you again. Most deaf, most deaf. Well, until next time, Don, thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Make sure to follow House of Ramirez on all social media platforms.